I'm Jim Brown, your Bible teacher at Grace and Truth Ministries. I've been teaching on the Sabbath and predestination. They have to do with each other. Sabbath does not mean seventh. It means rest. That's what it means. And we can rest in everything God is doing because he's predestined to everything that's going on in our lives. Predestined, or let me put it this way. He's predestinated us. Now, the most of the primitive Baptists will quote predestination. They'll quote half of it. They'll quote half the verse in Romans eight twenty nine. For whom he did for all, he also did predestinate. And they stop there. You can't stop with predestinate. Predestinate is a verb. A verb has to have a noun to receive the action of the verb. Predestinate is prohorizo. It means to predetermine. Pro is our prefix pre. And horizo, there's a little diacritical mark there. There are no H's in the Greek alphabet. There's a diacritical mark, and it has an H sound. It's a breathing sound. Horizo. So it means to predetermine for the horizo. That looks a little familiar because we added an end to it later on. It means to predetermine for the light. And light is truth, and that's Christ. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the light. Truth. So, prohorizo has to have a recipient of this action verb, predestinate. And the action lands on to be conformed. You say, Jim, that don't look like a noun to be conformed. Well, it is. Conformed to the image. To be always precedes, especially in the English language, it precedes the verb form of that infinitive. To be conformed is an infinitive. Infinitive is a verbal noun. It's a noun by any measure. A noun is a person, place, or thing. So we are to be conformed. To be conformed would be similar like to be baptized. When Peter Peter said... Uh, when he was at the house of Cornelius there in Acts 10.48 he commanded them to be baptized well that's also an infinitive how do you know that well you look at the word in the interlinear bible in the Greek text you open up a an analytical Greek lexicon, which will give you all the parts of speech, when it says INF, that means infinitive. And you have to look it up by the spelling. So to be baptized is also an infinitive. It's a verbal noun in Acts 10.48. And it doesn't mean to dip in water. 
it, with an infinitive, there's an action that comes from an outer source with baptized and it stains and dies. Baptized comes from two words, bab, baptizo and bapto. The amazing thing, I may have said this a few times, not a lot, but the amazing thing about an infinitive it does not mean to dip or immerse. I don't care what you find it in any other book. It does not mean that. It means to... This is what amazing to me. You look up baptizo in your concordance and it will say to whelm. When you whelm something, you don't dip it. You pull something over the top of it. You bring something over it. And it is the blood of Christ that stains and dyes us. And that's the one true baptism. It's not water. There was a water baptism that was a proselyte process. I've got to stop there because i got to get back to this. So we're predestined to conform to the image, the icon and this is a verbal noun. It receives the action of prohorizo. It's an infinitive. The one thing, the thing about the infinitive, it comes from infinite. Infinite means from now on, forever. If you go outside and you look at the sky and you see, on a clear night you see stars and some of them are millions of light years from us. And some of them are already burnt out and we're just seeing the light coming to us. We say, that's so infinite. It looks like it goes on forever. Once you're baptized, you're never unbaptized. You're stained with the blood of Christ from now on. And a blood baptism was a death or a martyrdom. It was being martyred. Well, you teach the truth about a blood baptism. People say, give me water. I don't like that hard baptism. Now, we're predestined. I put on the board up here. So we're predestined to be like Christ with all of the fire and the trials we go to. The reason Sabbath is connected to predestination, God's going to put us through fire, trials, persecution and the list goes on and on we're going to suffer tribulation tribulation and in the world you shall have have tribulation Jesus says I have overcome the world well what overcomes the world is our faith and faith is the victory that overcomes the world when you can't get all of the fulfillment in your body that you desire what overcomes the world is death to self and that's a blood baptism so we're predestined so we can rest this is what I'm trying to teach people at my age at 81 I've come to a place where I rest in everything that happens I don't fight people I don't get angry at them I'm not angry at my family I can't go around them because they don't want to hear the truth I don't, if, I don't stay away from them because I'm angry at them. If you want to talk truth, I'll talk to you. But I've got a grandson that's uh, 
about 38 or 39 years old and he sent me a he got in some problems out in California and he said it's time to us to renew our relationship we never had one he said but if I'm going to renew it I don't want to hear anything about religion from you well you're talking to the wrong man mister <laughs> that's all I'm going to talk about now so the Sabbath means rest so we can rest in the fire and the trials and the persecution and the tribulation that God is using in our lives to conform us to Christ's likeness so we need to learn to rest in all of these things that God is doing in our lives I was talking to a fellow overseas the other day he said he was talking about the coronavirus. I said, it don't matter who started the coronavirus or who's keeping it going. It was all of God. God actually manipulates men's minds to do evil things, and that is part of the good that he's working it all together for. We don't. He said, but what if they destroy us? I said, you think we're better than the apostles who were beaten and crucified and beheaded and are we better than Isaiah who was put in a log and they cut him in half are we better than John who was exiled on Patmos he was boiled and all when he came off of Patmos he died the martyr's death how about all of those people during the inquisition the millions that died at the hands of Roman Catholics are we better than they read Fox's book of martyrs are we better than them I believe the church is going to go under attack one of these days. In fact, let me be honest with you. I think it's already under attack. Now, so if we're, how predestination ties together with the Sabbath, the Sabbath is now spiritual. Got to say it one more time. Colossians 2.14 The law comes in two parts. It comes in the letter and the spirit. The letter killeth. That's the rituals. They'll kill you because you can't keep them. That's the rituals. This is a hard place to come to, just like this fellow said the other day. That's hard to bite off. I said, I know that. It's hard for me. I don't want somebody breaking in this door down one day while I'm teaching and say, Mr. Brown, we're sending a city, giving you a cease and desist order. You either stop or we're taking you to jail. I don't want that to happen. But just as sure as I'm standing here, it may, it may very well happen. If you tell the truth, it's going to happen eventually. And the Spirit giveth life. In Colossians 2.14, the Bible says, Blotting out, blot out the handwriting of ordinances, or blotting out the letter of the law. It was against us. It was contrary to us. Took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. When they did away with one contract, they'd take the contracting parties out in public. This says everybody agreement they would be two witnesses, at least two witnesses to every contract. And they says everybody in agreement. Two witnesses, were you there? Do you saw the original contract? They said yes. They'd say contracting parties and you want to stop this contract and start another and say yes. And they'd take a nail and drive it through it. 
And that held up in their courts of law just like when we notarize a paper and it pierces and punches holes in the paper. I don't know what kind of paper they drew up. It was something with the original contract. But the nailing it to his cross, so everything that was once a literal, and the Sabbath was literal, Passover, Pentecost, and the Feast of Ingathering, which was coupled with the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Ingathering was also called the Feast of Huts or the Feast of Tabernacles. Those were all literal. Now they are spiritual, and I preach on the spiritual Passover, the spiritual Day of Atonement. Atonement and baptism have the same definition. Baptize means to cover with a stain or die. On the Day of Atonement, the high priest would kill a goat on this altar a goat and he'd take the blood bring it into the holy place go through the veil through a great process a lot of uh, there'd be a bullock offered out here for the uh, for the sanctity of the outer temple and they probably, they'd offer sacrifices to purify the priesthood and the high priest would go through this go through this veil and after a process of lighting the the uh, altar of incense and the table of showbread and the seven candlesticks he'd go in here and sprinkle the blood he would stain and dye the ark of the covenant with the blood of a goat not the blood of a lamb it was a goat that was offered on the day of atonement so he'd sprinkle that Baptized means to cover with a stain or die. That's exactly what the high priest would. He'd do the same thing by taking the blood of this goat and staying and dying in the Ark of the Covenant. And he's washed us from our sins in his own blood. And that's a blood baptism. He sprinkled our hearts with pure water. And blood was called pure water. Now, I want to get on with this. I wrote two Algebraic, I've put these on the board with you before. And I want to reveal some things to you that I'm really seeing more clearly than ever. I wrote these two algebra axioms on the board. I guess they still call them that. Axiom, by the way, is a is a Greek word. Axiao. It's what we call worthy. A X-I-O-O. An axiom is a mathematical law. And these are two axioms right here. Right here. Two axioms. Things equal to the same thing are equal to each other. If you can find two Greek words that mean the same thing or do the same thing like atonement atonement was kafar means to cover kafar kofar is the noun when they would when they would cover the ark of the covenant with kafar that's atonement it means to cover it has the same meaning as to whelm to cover the priest didn't go inside the Holy of Holies and dip the Ark of the Covenant in blood or in anything to cover 
and co-ferments to stain with the dye has the same exact meaning as all of this has the exact same meaning with baptizo with babto to cover with a stain or dye baptizo with babto has the same definition the exact same well I wrote it out again babto to cover stain or die oh there's a one other word that has this same meaning right here same meaning pitch the ark within and without with pitch it was a red stain caulking it was asphalt in its natural condition it either come out of the ground some had come out of the ground some said it came out of trees but it sealed just like the Holy Spirit seals our life it seals pitch with pitch First word pitch, kafar. Same thing is right here. Devatoman. Pitch with pitch, kofar. Kofar, kafar. So all of that, these are equal to each other. Things that are equal to the same thing are equal to each other. You can interchange them. And if equals are substituted for equals, the results are equal. If you find two Greek words that mean the same thing or do the same thing, they are equal and can be substituted for one another. And I'm going to show you that in the Bible. I've shown it to you before. People say, I don't didn't like algebra. That's because you had a very dumb teacher. Algebra, everybody uses algebra every day, everywhere, and everything. Women use it to cook. Little kids are using algebra on a playground with a seesaw. That's one of the best illustrations of algebra I can possibly think of in an elementary form. All algebra is, is balancing the equation that's all it is that's basically everything and it has these and a lot more axioms that goes with it in fact the word disciple well you can stick this in here too disciple is the word mathetes we get our word mathematics from that that's the word disciple And disciple just means a learner. If you're going to learn, you've got to do the mathematical laws of the Bible just like you do. And you say, Jim, how can that be easy? And there, I kind of have to set this up because a lot of people think algebra is something difficult. Women think it's difficult and they do it every day in their kitchen. If a woman is going to make a pie and she's got... She says, I want to make a banana pie. And she's got milk and sugar and flour and eggs. And she wants to make a banana pie, but she don't have any bananas. She wants to equal a pie. But she has some chocolate. 
so she substitutes chocolate she ends up with a chocolate pie and all this has to add up this is an equation milk plus sugar plus flour plus eggs plus chocolate plus 30 minutes in an oven I don't know how long it takes Mary to cook one 30 minutes in an oven and she's got a pie so she substituted chocolate for bananas and had a chocolate pie still but she still got a pie and if she still wanted a banana pie and she had bananas and she had bananas but she was lacking one of these other things she's lacking sugar she could substitute something for the sugar and still have a banana pie that is algebra any way you slice it and it's pie <laughs> you gotta slice it like I said if you got a seesaw you're out here on a playground and you got two little kids one's six years old one's eight years old six and eight and one sits down on this end and the seesaw goes to the ground and then another kid comes along and he weighs this kid down here weighs 60 pounds and this kid here weighs 100 pounds let me put it like this to keep that seesaw balanced just like an equation in math this kid down here weighs 60 pounds and this kid down here weighs 100 pounds to keep that seesaw balanced how much do you have you can't how much do you have to put in this kid's lap you can't put it out here it's going to make the balance off balance you got to put it in his lap how many pounds of potatoes do you have to put in this kid's lap to make that seesaw balance how many 40 40 plus 60 is 100. So you keep it balanced. And this kid comes along and somebody puts another 20 pounds of tomatoes in his lap. You've got to add another 20 down here to keep the equation balanced. That's how simple algebra is. And that's how simple the Bible can be in learning. I'd really like to show you how you can learn. Even if a mechanic, if he's cutting off, he's got a bolt down here and it's connected to this hook and he says I've got to remove that bolt he removes the bolt and he doesn't have a bolt he doesn't have a bolt to go back in and he strips that one off and he says well I got this bolt but it's got a little hook on it and I still got to have an extension to go up here so he what he's got to do is cut off the length of that right there to make up for this extension here on this hook on this boat. That way he's still got the same length. That's algebra. It's what it is. Mechanics do it daily. Everybody says, I don't like algebra. It's because you had a terrible teacher. Now, I had Miss Dine, and I want to go back and tell her thank you for teaching me this. And she would say, Believe it or not, I was her pet. She'd say, now, ask a question. She'd say, now, Jimmy, let somebody else answer this. I go, all right. <laughs> I usually had the answers in algebra. Now, let me show you something. We've been talking about the Sabbath. I want to show you something that's just so interesting. Look over here in 
Romans. Romans, the 14th chapter. Romans 14. Now, we've been talking about the Sabbath has to do with belief and unbelief. Believe is the word P-I-S. T-I-S. Unbelief is A. P-I-S-T-I-A. Unbelief is just a form of pistacea, S-I-A. Pistacea comes from pistis. Pistis and the alpha privative. It negates faith. So whatever faith is, this means no faith. So what you do is every time the word faith is mentioned in the Bible, whatever faith is and whatever faith does, apistus, being no faith, will invalidate everything that faith is and faith does. When we say faith is the substance of things hoped for, then apistus, no faith, is no substance. When we say faith worketh by love, faith, it's Galatians 5 and 6, faith worketh by love, then apistus or no faith, A-P-I-S-T-I-S, no faith, has no love working in it. And you have to know what the word love is. You got two words. You got phileo and agape. These are not the same words. I don't know why preachers use them like that. I've been listening to John MacArthur preach on love and he's just making it mushy because he's got both of them being the same word and they're not. John, I don't understand that. Phileo means to have affection. Any kind of affection. I like ice cream. I like my dog. I like God. I like to get drunk. I like drugs. I like I like my doctor. I like my wife. I like my car. I like my boat. You can like anything. That's phileo. And I have people ask me, well, does God ever phileo us? Oh, yeah. But he, you have to be agapeing him for him to phileo you. He said, you are my friends, philos, which is a form of phileo. You are, I'm affectionate to you if you keep my commandments. Keeping the commandments of God is agape. Agape is the relationship that fathers had for their subjects, that fathers had for their families, families and kings had for their subjects. Now keep all this in mind because faith worketh by walking in God's commandments. Agape. Faith worketh by agape, not by phileo, 
Jesus said, I love you, I love you, you're my friends, if you do the things that I say, and that's agape. John MacArthur can't teach this. If he thinks it's just a love, that's an esteeming love, and I love you, and it's just all my all-powerful love towards my people. Well, in a sense, that's true, but he doesn't explain it. Faith worketh by love. So everything that faith is and faith does. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hupo stasis. Hupo stasis is the word substance. It comes from hupo meaning under. Stasis means to stand. Well, where do you get understanding? You didn't have it before God put it in your heart. There's none that understandeth. There's none that seeks after God. Therefore, you have to be predestined. Now, I'm trying to get into something that may take me some weeks to do. I can't get into this. Well, I, I can't get into things equal to the same thing equal to each other. If equals a substitute for equals, the results are equal. And if you find things, you can actually work in the mathetase, the disciple, into learning. If you learn, you can work it to the daily cross. Faith is substance. That's learning. It's understanding. And if you understand... You're a learner, you're a mathetes, you're a disciple. And Jesus said, you cannot have faith and understand if you don't bear your cross. So that's death to self. And everything that has to do with death to self is faith. So you have, if you have a pistis, or a pistis, however you want to pronounce it, then you don't have faith. You don't have understanding, you're not a disciple, and you don't have a daily cross. You don't have any of that. There has to be dying. The daily cross you had to be condemned to in the first century. You had to be condemned. So therefore you have to be condemned. You have to be condemned to be a learner, a disciple, a mathetes to have understanding substance and to have faith you've got to be condemned to a cross if you have faith you'll speak the truth somehow somewhere some way and people condemn you and put you on a figurative daily cross but that's with no faith that's called unbelief anytime you find unbelief it is the word A-P-I-S-T-I-A. Apistasia, excuse me. So it means no faith. That's the word unbelief. Let me show you how you can define stuff in the Bible. Go back over here. And this has to do with resting and everything that God's doing to you and in your life. Go to Hebrews. Hebrews. Now, here in Hebrews, the third chapter, and the third chapter of Hebrews, I got a bunch of notes up here I want to get to. 
Alright. In the third chapter of Hebrews, the Bible tells you Let's look here in 3.12 and 3.12 and 19. He's talking about resting. He's also talking about provoking the Lord. I'm going to show you that provoking God is equal, just like we set up here. Things equal to the same thing or equal to each other. Provoking God and this is a reference back to Numbers 13 and 14 so you got to work in provoking is the same thing as A-P-I-S-T-I-S apistis no faith that's provoking God how did that get into this let me show you where's that thing here this is how it got into it alright looking for Asia uh, looking for uh, Sinai Peninsula alright Where is that Sinai Peninsula? Here it is. Here's the Sinai Peninsula. They come out of Egypt. This is how provoking God is the same thing as no, no faith or unbelief. So you can connect this with everywhere you find no faith, no, no, no agape. It works. There's no love. No learning, no substance, no faith, no 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 math of taste, no disciple, no daily cross. It all boils down to that. No daily cross. So provoking God, when they're in the wilderness, they crossed the Dread Sea. I've bring, been bringing this out. This is one big, huge picture. They come down here to Sinai. They get there in Exodus, the 18th chapter. Moses goes up there in the 19th chapter of Exodus. He brings the law down to the people in the 20th chapter. Then when they leave there, and they have a lot of problems there, they come up here. They leave there in Numbers, the 10th chapter. Come up to Kadesh Barnea. Uh, Moses tells them to go and spout this land of Anak, which is the same thing as the Gaza Strip. Today, it was the land of the Philistines in the ancient world. There's Gaza, Ashkelon, and Ashdod. And they, God says, go in. I'm connecting unbelief, which is no faith, which wipes out all of this with what they did here. And they said, we can't go in and fight those guys. They're, they're nine feet tall, probably Goliath's ancestors. They're the men of Anak. They were giants. They said, we're grasshoppers in their sight. 
So they said, we can't go in and conquer them. God had no intention for them conquering the men any more than they had. God had intention of them conquering Pharaoh's army when they crossed the Red Sea. You see, when we don't believe, this is talking about us in life. We have no faith, no faith when we don't believe all that fire and trial and persecution and tribulation is for our good. If we can ever come to that place, I have come to it at 81. I've got a little bit, just a thin veneer of fretting left, not much. Not only any. I know I'm not going to fight anybody that comes here and tries to start a fight with me. I say, I'm not going to fight you. I have people getting mad at me over coronavirus. I'm not going to take a political stand on any of it. Like I said to this fellow the, the other day, I don't care whether it's started by Bill Gates or somebody else or accelerating by him or any of the world power system. It's all God's virus. It's God's doing. He works all things after the counts of his own will, including viruses, including polio, including Ebola, including AIDS. He does all of it. Like the fellow said, but they'll eliminate us. Well, good. We get to go be with the Lord, won't we? We need to quit being frustrated over anything. When I preach on the coronavirus, I'm not preaching on the virus. I'm preaching on God's judgments. That's all. I'm going to tell you what God said. I don't believe in either side in this election. Do I believe Donald Trump's a Christian? No, I don't believe that. He used the F word and the MF word through his through his election and Joe Biden's a Joe Biden is a uh, Roman Catholic, and he did some under the table stuff, getting his son eighty thousand a month over in the Ukraine, and and a man that's worth two billion dollars like Trump. Do I believe he got all that by being honest? No, I don't believe that. You're really naive if you believe either one of these guys are real honest, God fearing Christians. Let me just say one more thing about that. God gives the kingdoms of this world to whomsoever he will, and he places over it the basest of men. Basis is the word shafal. means the most low down. So whoever wins the election is going to be the most low down man. And in fact, right now they're both low down because the world likes both of them. It's a wrestling match. Who gets to be the most low down? I'm not mad at them. They're doing the will of God. Can we get that? Christians, we need to get it through our head. The will of God is being done. We're just going to be recipients of it. Probably be bad. Just because you're afraid they're going to destroy us. Well, so what if they do? I want to go be with the Lord, don't you? Now, Provoking God is no faith. So they didn't have faith enough to go in there. If you come up on problems in your life and you think, I can no way I can get over this boss I've got. You're not supposed to get over him. You're supposed to do your job the best you can. If he wants to fire you, that's his business. Between him and God. Everything that people do in our lives, 
we have to learn to accept the tribulation, the fire, and the persecution. The Bible says in that fourth chapter of First Peter, if the righteous scarcely be saved, scarcely is the word bogus. comes from the word molus. It means with great difficulty. Well, you mean we're supposed to go through great difficulty? It's not supposed to hurt? Certainly it's going to hurt. With great difficulty. I don't know how people think we get by with this. Now, let's read some here. Let's read these two verses. All right. I was going to read 12 and 19. Let me read 11. He's talking about in the day of provocation in the wilderness when the people provoke me. And he equates the rest of God, the rest, the kataposis. He compares the kataposis, which is rest, it's the rest of the Sabbath in other verses. And Sabbath means rest. Sabbaton means rest. And this means to settle down. To pause down. And God is comparing the Sabbath when they come up here north of the north of the Dead Sea and cross over the river and get into Canaan's land and they're resting. That's what God is comparing the Sabbath with. And you and I have to trust God when he brings us to these difficulties. Now let's read on here. So I swear in, it doesn't say my wrath, it says thee or gay. Thee is feminine gender, tay or gay. Being feminine gender, it cannot be the wrath of God. It They translated a masculine, a feminine gender definite article, the, the, gay, and they translated wrath or gay feminine gender to my wrath. My is a possessive pronoun. It looks like God's wrath, and it's not. It's the wrath of the people when they got angry at Moses. And Aaron, his older brother, for bringing him out in the desert to die. All of this is one picture. So I swear in the wrath of the people that they should not enter into my cataposis. The ones 20 years old and older wasn't going to go in because 20 years old was draft age in Israel. You had to be 20 to be in their army. So he said, everybody 20 years old and older, as of Kadesh Barnea, are going to have to die. And he says, I'm going to put you in the wilderness 40 years, a year for a day that you spied out the land. You spied out the land for 40 days, I'm going to put you in the wilderness 40 years until I kill off everybody that was unbelievers. So when you get to Deuteronomy, everybody's a believer just before they cross the river. Now, 
Verse 19. So you see, they could not enter into... You see, they could not enter in because of unbelief. They couldn't enter into... Verse 18, they could not enter into His rest because of unbelief. Apistus. Now let me take you somewhere else. It'll show you what Apistus is. Okay. They couldn't enter in because of unbelief. What we want to do is find things that are equal to provoking God by not entering, by not attacking those those anakims. We want to find out someplace else where apistis is used or unbelief is used. Alright. Now I want us to go over here to Romans. Let's go to Romans the fourth chapter. When you're looking at this, go through all of it. Romans, the fourth chapter. And I'm going to show you something else that is unbelief. All right, Romans 4. In verse 17, As it is written, I have made thee, Abraham, a father of many nations, before him, before God, whom he believed, he believed God, even God who quickeneth the dead. God quickens the dead. Z-O-O-P-O-I-E-O. We're headed to something that is unbelief. And I'm going to show you that it's equal to unbelief. And if it's equal to unbelief, it's equal to provoking God, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? It is. All right. So you can substitute all these one for the other if it's unbelief. And you got to equate it with what happened in Numbers 13 and 14. And you can substitute. Now, we've said that Apistus... equals unbelief and everything that causes unbelief everything that's unbelief remember pistis is faith that's faith and everything that faith is and faith does it doesn't occur with no faith and I'm going to show you word in this the Bible specifically states is unbelief. Alright. God quickens the dead. God quickens the dead and calls things calls things that be not as though they were. 
they were. Now, something that was not, we've gone through this, there's all kinds of verses all through the Bible when Jacob's sons told Joseph they didn't even know this talking to him. They said, we're ten sons. We've got one younger brother back over in Canaan and uh, one is not. They were saying one is dead and they're talking to him, but they're talking through an interpreter and Joseph has probably got one of them Egyptian beards and it's been 20 years since they've seen him and he's got Egyptian garments on. He is the he is the man of Egypt that's in charge of everything. Another story. So they don't even know they're talking to one that they say is not. He's dead. And then they go back to their father and they tell their father uh, that he that the Pharaoh that the man that speaks for the Pharaoh, which was Joseph, <coughs> they didn't know it was Joseph. And they said he kept one of he kept our brother, Simeon, there. And he said, now Simeon is not and Joseph is not. Jacob assumed they had killed him. And they had, because that was, that was Joseph, the spokesman. And several times they said that Joseph was not. It was like he was dead. The same thing when, when Herod sent out there in, in Matthew, the second chapter, he wanted to kill off this new king that the wise men from the east came to bear gifts for. And Jesus was in a house. He was a young child in a house when they got there. And because the wise men went off another way and went away from him, he wanted to know where this child was. Well, they left and went another way. So Herod gave an edict through the land to kill off Every child from two years old and under. That means Jesus was some in somewhere in the neighborhood of two years old. Because they found him in a house where the young child was. So when he sends the decree out and they kill all the males from two years old and under. Of course, Joseph had gone into Egypt and came back another way and landed back here in Nazareth. Where that, where that Herod didn't have any rule over the northern uh, over Nazareth and when he came back when they came back Herod gave the decree and it says Rachel was weeping for her children talking about all the two years old and under because they were not they were dead so calling things that be not is talking about he called things that be not as though they were be is a form of the word, verb to be, and were is a form of the verb to be. Who against hope believed in hope. Now, what does it mean they were not? Let me give you one more thing. Look over here in Genesis. In Genesis, the 20th chapter, or the Excuse me, I think it's the 18th chapter. Genesis, the 18th chapter. No, wrong chapter. Uh, back in in the 19th chapter. And it's talking about 
Sarah and it says it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women she didn't ovulate anymore she didn't have and Abraham didn't have any more sperm any more seed and God says Sarah is going to have a child and she didn't have any ovulation he didn't have any seed so that's why the Bible says over back over there in uh, uh, what am I looking for here I'm in Exodus how am I going to find that in Exodus excuse me I, I was thumbing through the wrong part of the Bible alright back over here in Genesis I was looking at the page one paying attention what book I was in alright back in the 18th chapter in the 18th chapter verse 10 in verse 10 and God said I will certainly return to thee according to the time of life and lo Sarah thy wife shall have a son and Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him now Abraham and Sarah were both old and well stricken with age and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women so she couldn't have a child neither could Abraham but back over here I'm still talking about unbelief so back over here in Romans 4 verse 18 who against hope talking about Abraham believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations now remember believed is the verb form of faith and the father of many nations according to that which was spoken so shall thy seed be talking about Isaac who would be born and being not weak in faith he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb it ceased to be with her after a man of women so the Bible says Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief so stagger would be unbelief wouldn't it stagger would be the same thing as provoking God stagger if you notice physically this was an impossibility physically it was an impossibility to Israel go in there and conquer the land of Anak physically it was impossible for Israel to conquer the armies of Pharaoh just because you think something's physically impossible if you will live by the word of God Jim Brown and everybody else and trust God will take care of your situation. Don't put yourself in the wrong situation. Don't hang around people who lie and cheat and steal. Don't hang around people who believe in free will. Don't hang around people who do Christmas. And you've got to fight them over what faith is and death to self and daily cross. Don't hang around that. Don't put yourself in that kind of a situation where you have to compromise to exist. 
It's another story of working on the job. Do everything that you can, but give your boss a good day's work. Now, Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. He had faith. He didn't have that word unbelief is apistus. So stagger equals a p. I-S-T-I-S, doesn't it? And everything else we've talked about, faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. He didn't didn't have... Staggering means no substance, no understanding, no faith, no mathetes, no disciple, no daily cross. None of these. None. Stagger would be the same thing as none of these. Stagger would be not having any agape because faith works by agape. People say, I love God. You don't if you're not doing His commandments, if you don't get a daily cross, and somehow people don't want to crucify you for it. How few people are there in America that believe how much time do I have, Mike? 36. All right. What I want to do is look at the word stagger. It is the word D-I-A-K-R-I-N-O. It's a construction of dia and crino. Crino means to judge. Dia means the channel or the method of judging. It means to discriminate. To discriminate. To discriminate is where you say, I'll be the judge of that today. God says, thou shalt not. You say, I don't think there's anything anything wrong with Christmas, Christ Mass, even though it is Roman Catholicism. And even though more people are getting drunk at that time of the year, more car wrecks, more drunk drivers are getting out there and getting drunk at New Year's and Christmas time. I don't think there's anything wrong. I don't think there's anything wrong with free will when the Bible doesn't form together like a mathematical equation. I don't think there's anything wrong. What we need to do is look at this word stagger, diacrino. This is the best definition of diacrino I have found in the Bible. Of everything. When you get into diacrino, you're going to get into every time you see it. The Bible here gives you this one time that stagger is the same thing as unbelief. You know what it's saying? Same thing as unbelief. Let's look and we can define unbelief by this word diacrino everywhere we see it. Can't we? Because it's equal. Diacrino is equal to unbelief. It's equal to not entering into the rest of God. Not entering in order to enter into God's Sabbath, his rest. It doesn't matter what he brings our way. It does not matter. Don't matter what you're going through, Victor, or 
Glenn, it don't matter. Just leave it alone. Do your best, but don't bite off more you can chew. But bite off all you can chew. Don't overextend yourself with debt. So I don't know why I can't make my car payments and my house payment and everything else. And it's only $2,500 a month and I'm making 35000 a year. Well, you can't live on that. Cut things down and live with what you can live. And don't try to keep up with the Joneses. The Joneses are going to die and leave all their money. All the stars that die. Charlie, Charlie, what's his name? The fiddle player. Daniels. Huh? Daniels. Charlie Daniels. He left $60 million or somebody to split up. And he didn't spend it all. I'm always going online to see how much these people are worth that die. Joe Diffie left $35 million, And he died of AIDS. I'm, and what are they going to do with it now? Now that in, they're in eternity. They leave it for their family to fight over. And Conway Twitter died at 59 years old of an aneurysm. He was on a tour, and he left one of the biggest fortunes in Nashville. And he didn't get to keep it. They all die and leave it. Johnny Cash left a huge fortune. Millions and millions of dollars. And they don't get to keep it when they're dead. They're gone. It's over. Done. No matter what I have in 10 to 12 years, it's not mine anymore. Just think, Bill Gates is 65 years old, something like that. He only gets to keep $96 billion. $96 billion. That's $960 billion. I think he's worth over $100 billion now. That would be a million billion. And he's only get to keep that. It's... Let's just say God gave it to him for the next 20 years and then it don't belong to him anymore because he's going to die. Everybody dies and leaves it. That's the first thing I think of when some star dies. I say, wonder how much he left behind. Now, what I want to do is show you this word diacrino. Diacrino equals stagger and that equals unbelief, doesn't it? And everywhere you find unbelief, it's going to be the same thing as staggering diacrino. Let me show you a couple of places we've got this. Look over here in in uh, James one. James one, verse six. And I'm going to give you another way to find these things. Sometimes it won't say unbelief. Sometimes it will say no faith. In fact, the last verse of Romans 14. Romans 14 says... Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So not of faith 
not of faith is going to equal it's going to equal all these things we've been talking it's going to equal unbelief isn't it things that equal the same thing or equal each other two Greek words that mean the same thing or do the same thing not of faith means unbelief that equals stagger doesn't it that equals provoking God everything you can find that has to do with provoking God where we don't believe that God can conquer these enemies that are so overwhelming in our lives have you ever had that well I have but my problem was I was trying to conquer them I don't know if y'all ever heard me pray much but I say Lord I say this every time I pray fight my enemies you fight them I can't Lord they're too big there's the whole world out there I can't beat them I tried beating them for years on my own out there in the music business and real estate I was trying to fight them get up and stressing out and fretting and getting mad and raising my voice and just getting all over people because they were cheating me but they were supposed to cheat me I was in the wrong field I was climbing the wrong ladder I was out here in the music field trying to climb their ladder or play in their ballpark and they owned the ballpark and the ball was there and the bat was theirs and the ladder belonged to the people in the music world and in the real estate world and I was trying to climb their ladder and change the rules and they owned the ladder and they made the rules why would I why was I out there running with them I was crazy I really was crazy because insane means to think irrationally and I thought I could go out there with some kind of Christianity and climb up their ladder and preach to them. You can't do that. You can't do that on a job anywhere. They don't mind if you participate in Christmas. They don't mind that if you work at a company and they're having a Christmas party and they come in. But if you tell them Christmas is pagan, they say, well, look, we don't want that here. Even if it's the truth. So, where was I? Dick Carino. James, James. All right. Did I say James? Okay. James. But whatever is here, it's just like... It's just like in Romans... 14 what this is going to take you back to in Romans 14 we're talking about the very last verse of the chapter whatever is not of faith not of faith equals sin right or unbelief Unbelief, apistus, equals sin, right? And everything that we found that unbelief was provoking God, saying, you can't take care of my enemies, they're too big. I'll have to fight this thing myself. You ever felt like that? (laughs) You, You can't fight City Hall. You can't fight the world. 
just do what God says, bow to the will of men that hate you. If the world hated me, it'll hate you, and it'll crucify you. Accept it. You mean I'm supposed to accept people's disfavor, and they're hating me, and they're cussing me? Yeah. Didn't they curse Jesus? Then they curse Paul and scream at him and yell at him. And didn't they beat him in that 16th chapter of Acts? Yeah. You can't stop the world. How can I put this? From molding you into the life of rightness of Christ with all the tribulation they're going to put you through. They're supposed to. That's one thing that goes against our flesh, doesn't it? Whew. I don't like that when people give me a hard time. Look here in James, first chapter. So if I read, I'm going to come back to Romans 14. i got to go back all the way through the chapter to show you that whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Unbelief is sin. Unbelief applies to staggering. It was impossible... For Abraham to believe that he could have a child. Just like it was impossible for these Israelites to think they could conquer these giants up here. It's impossible. So is it... There's a man in Mark the ninth chapter. Jesus said, only believe. He said, Lord, I believe you. Help thou mine unbelief. Help my apistus. You know what happens to your apistus? That's your pistis has to grow. Besides all this, give all diligence to add to your faith. And it names seven things to add to your faith. And the first thing is maturity. How long does it take you to mature as a believer? Oh. 30, 40, 50 years. I didn't really start believing this way about my enemies till about 15 years ago when I was 65 or 66. I actually started believing my message. It started getting a hold of me inside. I started saying, I can't, I can't fight anymore. I was preaching three hour and a half messages a week. I'm only preaching two now. I had a light heart attack last year, and the doctor said, you got to pull back on some of that. So I pulled back on Sunday night. But I'm still teaching three hours a week, which is more, which is two and a half hours longer than most preachers preach. <laughs> and I'm still preaching a lot. Now look here in James. It's going to be hard for you to understand this unless I go back to the first of the chapter, but I don't know that i got time to do that right now. So James 1 and 6. Here's the word decreno. 1 and 6. I can't read 1 and 6 without going back. I have to go back to 3 to read down to 6. Well, I need to go to 3. Knowing this... Well, let me go back to (laughs) 2. 
Lord James, the servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings. My brethren, count it all joy. Hegeomai is the word count. It means official authority. It means to let this govern you. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse, we get our word diverse, various kinds of temptations. The word temptation is parosmos. Be joyful at P-E-I-R. P-E-I-R-A-S-M-O-S. Parosmos means to go. It's the same word as thinking not strange concerning the fire trial, which is to try you. you got to go through fire. And that's First Peter 4. 4 and 12. Think it not strange concerning the fire trial, which is to parosmos you. So parosmos, you can get the best definition for parosmos out of 1 Peter 4 and 12. Fire, it's a fiery trial. It is the things that evil men do to you to form you into the likeness of Christ. The thing we have a hard time getting our head around is I'm supposed to go through this fire and this tribulation. It's supposed to happen. Well, are you supposed to lose your temper and get mad? No. Boy, it took me forever to learn that. I was in my mid-60s before I learned I'm not supposed to lose my temper. I can tell you the last two times I lost my temper at somebody. I won't say it now, but I'm ashamed of it. I'm ashamed of having lost my temper. Have you ever lost your temper? And right after I lost my temper to guy one night over at the house on Friday night, I got out and got to yelling at him. I came in the house and everybody's looking at me. I started crying. I thought, oh, God, I won't ever do that again. And I haven't. I felt so ashamed. It was my fleshly outer man that took hold of me that night. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith, the trying of your faith worketh patience. Your faith has to be tried, but it's not while you lose your temper. You're not being tried while you lose it. And let patience have its perfect work. Remember patience? Hupo. H-U-P-O-M-O-N-E. That's the noun. The verb form is H-U-P-O-M-E-N-O. That's the word endure. You're supposed to endure all these problems that people give you and rest in it because you're supposed to be going through it. It's going to form you into the likeness of Jesus, the icon of Christ. That's what we are predestined to. You're supposed to go through it. Christians don't want to go through it and acquiesce to it. I love that word. That means to gently accept it. I've had people yell at me. I had learned this in real estate one time. I I made a mistake. I forgot to cancel one of my appointments. Guy called me and was yelling at me and screaming at the top of his lungs. And I said, okay, you're right. 
I'm sorry. And then I went for a long time and he'd say, are you still there? And to yell. I just let him yell at me until he yelled himself out, yelled himself down. I didn't raise my voice at him. I said, you're right. I'm sorry. And he got real quiet and he saw me a month later at the at the post office. He said, hey, Jim. I said, hey, how you doing? you got to just leave it alone. Now, so this is taught, this whole set here is talking about how we approach these things. Let patience have its perfect work. Perfect, by the way, is the word teleos. Remember that word? Mature. It'll mature you. Don't fight back. Don't get envious. Don't use your orgay. Say, I'll get you for getting on me like that. I'll get you for cheating me. I'll. You don't get back anybody. That's called revenge. And God says, that belongs to me. It's not yours. Revenge. D-I-K-E-S-I-S. Means to write decay out I'll write this out I'll make this right I'll get revenge for what you did you're not supposed to ever get revenge you're not supposed to get mad you're not supposed to get upset did Jesus ever get upset only when he threw the money changers out of the temple another story there don't have time to go through it now let's keep going here let patience have its mature work that you may be perfect and entire, fully accomplished, needing nothing. It doesn't mean wanting nothing. It's not our word, want. It's a word that means to need nothing. And if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Wisdom for what? What's the context here? Having patience while you're being persecuted and going through tribulation, right? Let him ask of God. Oh, goodness, boy, what a subject we're on there. I-T-O-A-I-T-E-L. I-T-O is the common word ask all through the Bible, all through the New Testament. We receive the things that we ask if we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing I can't get away from these words they're all over the Bible what is pleasing to God areskao a-r-e-s-k-e-o areskao means well pleasing I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you give your bodies a living sacrifice and may I add on a daily cross on a daily cross holy acceptable unto God acceptable is the basic same word as pleasing so you have to be dying to the flesh to get what you're asking to keep means to guard against loss. They're written in your heart. You may not be able to do them, but you can guard them against loss because you know that they're true. They're in your heart. So he says, 
and ask being a conditional word ask is a, is a form of the word fault I find no fault in him no legal reason to put this man to death itema is that word a this is the word fault I-T-E-M-A it's a form of vital. It's a legal word. Pilate said, I don't have any legal reason to put him to death. Itao is asking. You've got to be keeping the commandments of God and do the things that are pleasing, which is death to self. You don't have death to self when you allow this resentment to build up in your mind and it starts coming out your mouth. You say, well, you're persecuting me, and I just thank God for that, and I don't like it when you persecute me, but then you're not accepting it, and it's not pleasing to God. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And if he let him ask of God how to get through the temptation and trial. It's not saying let him ask of God for things and stuff. Let him ask of God who giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. That's the word. God doesn't reproach you. That's the word that word upbraideth is the word aniizo, O N E I. D-I-Z-O. Men will reproach you. That word reproach is the same word. God won't reproach you for asking for strength to get through this. Men will reproach you. Those, bless you, when men shall reproach you, onids will make you infamous. God says you won't be infamous to me. And it shall be given him. What is going to be given you? Not stuff, not cars, not houses, not money. Strength to get through the trial. I pray for that all the time. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering. That word wavering is the word diacrino. If you're asking for anything other than how to get through the fire with strong strength enough without fighting people. It's the word diacrino, nothing wavering. May I remind you, diacrino means you become the channel of judging. When the Bible says judge not, it says crino not. It doesn't mean don't judge any kind of judgment. John seven twenty four says we are to judge righteous judgment. Righteous judgment is the judgment of God. Crino, when the Bible says judge not, if the if a verse starts with a verb judge, that is a verb. There's an understood subject. You judge not. The word judge means to decide guilt or innocence. Guilt or innocent. Don't you decide the guilt or innocent. Judge God's judgment and say what He said. Now, let's read on here. For he that wavereth, diacrino, he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. If you don't have faith when you're praying, then you diacrino and you're driven like a wind, like a, a flag or a sail in a wind. Let, no, let not that man think that he shall reach anything from God. He's not talking about asking for stuff. 
He's talking about asking for strength get through, to get through all these problems, these tribulations and trials and fire that's molding you into the likeness of Christ. And you can actually be thankful when these things happen because you're becoming more and more like Jesus. One day you'll do like I did one day, throw your hands in there and say, Lord, I give up. You fight these battles from now on. I used to fight, argue with people constantly. At the drop of a hat, I won't argue with anybody anymore. I can't change you. I'm not even going to try. Why? I've come to believe my own message. I've come to understand that God's got a family that he's chosen before the foundation of the world. And he's given them hearing ears and seeing eyes. Just because they don't hear you today doesn't mean they won't hear. If they are sheep, it'll go and dig into their heart. I'd rather somebody would say to me, is that really true about predestination? I'd say, yeah. I'd rather somebody would say that and question me about it than someone say, oh yeah, I believe that, yeah, that's real easy. It's not. We're predestined to conform to Christ's likeness of the fire and the trial. And when this fire and trial comes, we can learn to rest in it. But when we rest, we learn we learn not to put ourselves in those kinds of positions anymore. Stay away from fighting. Do your job on the job. Say what you can that's legal for you to say. And leave it alone. And when people want to persecute you, say, okay. And then it says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Double-minded, dikostasia, means two standings. You think you're right one day. You want to say, well, God, you can judge today, but tomorrow I'll do a crino, and it'll be by my business to judge. So stagger is unbelief that's diacrino and everywhere else diacrino it's wavering when you waver you're diacrino and that's unbelief and that was something that Abraham couldn't he couldn't get past was the fact that he couldn't have children neither could Sarah now let's go to another place where this word is let's go to Mark 11 do I have any time, Mike? Six. I'll, I'll just get through this. I'll see if I can finish this. Mark 11. I've got much more to say on this because diacrino goes into so many other other words. Look here in Mark 11. So Diacrino is unbelief, right? Right. Mark 11. And all these things that are equal to the same thing are equal to each other. Stagger is equal to unbelief. Stagger is equal to provoking God. Stagger is not believing God and resting in his spiritual Sabbath that he can take care of all these difficulties in your life. But you can't go out here and take on life bigger than you can handle. You take on life that God can handle, and he will handle it.
Look here in Mark 11. Here's the word diacrino again. In verse 23. But I have to go back to the beginning of this chapter, at least back to verse 12 to explain this. I'm just going to give you the word. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, remember a mountain was the capital city of an empire. There's two prominent mountains in the Bible. Babylon, the mother of harlots, founded on self, which is unbelief, which is let us make us a name. Let me make up my own authority. I'll tell you what the truth is, and I will deal crino. I'll be the judge of everything right and wrong. And Babylon was called a destroying mountain. She was called a proud mountain. God said, I'll make you a burnt mountain. Well, this is where Peter is arguing with Jesus because he killed a fruit tree and it was against Jewish law to kill fruit trees unless it was five years old or old or not bearing fruit. So the mountain was, Peter had a mountain of self, a let us make us a name, an unbelief. Jesus killed a fig tree and he said, Behold! day I'm shocked you killed a fig tree. It's a fruit tree that's against the law unless it's five years old or older. And Jesus was God in the flesh. He knew how old it was. And it wasn't bearing fruit. And he said it's barren. And he cursed it. The Bible says if it, if it bears not fruit, lay the axe to the root of the tree. So if you'll say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. That's a really important phrase, cast into the sea. Every time Babylon is destroyed, she goes down into the sea. In Revelation 18, the mountain in Revelation, in Revelation the 8th the chapter, there's a mountain burning and going into the sea. And, and over there in, in Jeremiah, the 51st chapter, when Jeremiah tells the young prophet, take this book and cast it in the Euphrates River and say, even so shall Babylon sink. And shall not doubt. Diacrino. Don't you decide what's right and wrong, Peter. You're getting mad at me because I killed a fruit tree. And all you can think of is the 20th chapter of Deuteronomy. And you have forgotten the 17th, 19th chapters of Leviticus. Where if it's a certain age and it's not bearing fruit, lay the axe to the root of the tree and I cursed it. I'm God. Have faith in God. I know how old the tree is. And I know it's barren. They were at Bethphage, or we call it Bethpage. It means house of figs. There were lots of fig trees there. The Bible says the time of figs was not yet. That sounds like the time for the tree to bear figs, but that's not what time of figs meant. Time of figs meant the fig harvest. And this was pre-season. There were leaves on the tree, and pre-season figs came on before the leaves. There should have been some figs on it. And Jesus cursed the tree, and Peter went berserk. And then he said... If thou be thou moved by thou cast and see, and not doubt, not diacrino, in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. Now the charismatics 
use this as a way to say, say it with your mouth and you get it. Says is the word lego. It's the verb form of logos. You have to agree with the word of God. Not your, you don't conjure up your own desires. He shall have whatsoever he saith. You'll have whatsoever you say when you agree with God. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire. Oh boy, there we are again. I tell. This is not the word ask. This is the word I tell. We receive the things that we ask. If we keep his commandments, do the things that are pleasing, which is death to self. So you've got to be dying to the flesh. The whole message here today is death to the flesh of the believer. And that's what no faith is. It's staggering. It's provoking God. If you just stop and think about this. If this represents the life of the believers, and it does, them going through the wilderness, and every time you turn around, God puts you, God sets these things up where it looks like you can't conquer it. What he does, he has to teach you how to live through your life. He has taught me how to live. I don't want to go out and be fancy. The only time I wear these clothes, and this is the best I've got, I just wear sport shirts and jeans. And I got all these shirts with God does not love everybody, predestination is true. I wear them around town. I don't ever wear these in town. These are my dress clothes. That's the best I've got. Got no suits. Don't believe in them. Suits and ties. They made a, made a, a what do you call it? A show on reality show called suits that was just for suits or for ties suits and ties are for looking important in town that's all they're for I don't really ties are the old phallic symbol that's what they were they're a man's phallus just like steeples on a church I don't want steeples on a church and I don't want suits and ties people get so mad when you tell them that stuff <laughs> <laughs> you can't help it it's not your fault <laughs> thank you Victor I appreciate it I'm out of time ain't I Mike I want to come back to this because i got to go through that 14th chapter I've got to go through no faith is a scandal. You're going to find that over in the 14th chapter before you get to that last verse. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And sin is the transgression of the law. You're transgressing the law when you don't have any faith. We don't believe that God can conquer your enemies. Victor doesn't have a place to live and I want to help him find some place. I hate to see him living out here on the streets. If you got a place for him, contact me. If you're in Andersonville, he just needs some help. And it's not like God can't conquer that. He can. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you for the truth and thank you for everything you do. Lord, I love you. I'm so thankful for all 
you fight my battles. I've, I've been such a fool in my past wanting to fight for myself. You, you do the fighting. There's things that I can't overcome. That's up to you. I don't want to stagger at what you can do. Things seem impossible in my life, but it's all in your hands. Help the church to learn this. When they seem overwhelmed, let them see that this is the way you planned it. We'll give you praise for everything in Christ's name. Amen. I hope we can get a hold of this. Everywhere you find something that means something else, that's algebra. It means the same thing. <laughs>